Welcome, everybody, to the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 99, your number one source for video game-related news, reviews, and long-winded arguments. I think I like that catchphrase. I think I might stick with that. Um, <laughs> Let's not. I, I'm can, usually... we, can, we, can we argue about why we shouldn't keep that? See, that's very meta, so I mean, I like that, too. Uh, I, I, of course, am Jared, your usual host, and uh, we've got lots to talk about today. Uh, very exciting. This is this is like the big day in November, so uh, everybody's kind of got their own thing here. Here to talk about uh, both Undertale and Call of Duty Black Ops 3, which are two games that I think are kind of like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, we have Mr. J. Joseph Jr. It's it's November, Miss. November, Miss. Chris Vember. After what I presume is a healthy dose of Fallout 4, we have Mr. Doug Wilson. Hey. I hope. Uh, also on the Fallout 4 train, Mr. Michael Mahoney. Good evening to all you listeners out in the wasteland. How are you doing? We have the mysteriously Fallout-less Lucio Lorenzino. Welcome, brothers, to uh, Fallout Madan, the holiest of holidays. And, of course... Insha Fallout. And of course, we have you, the listener, no doubt listening to this. Now, now, now the listener is going to listen to this podcast and think we're actually going to talk about Fallout. Well, and like I said, I mean, we'll 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 touch on it the tiniest bit, but uh, I got to touch on how Amazon didn't get my order here on time. And actually, I I find that to be the saddest part of this, which is I think Lucio probably tied with Michael for our longest standing Fallout fan. Uh, is the only one to not receive his copy of the game. Yep. Uh, I ordered mine like a, I ordered mine like a few days ago, and I, I got it this morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's I sucks. ordered mine on June. I bought mine this morning, and I have it now. UPS <laughs> tried to scare me and and not deliver it, and then at the last minute they delivered it, and it was great. So. So I, I got the Pip Boy version, right? So. Yeah. So did I. My, my fear was that they didn't have them. Mm-hmm. So they will be like, oh yeah, the original shipping day was like November sixteenth. Well, that's what that's what I figured it probably happened too. Like I don't understand how you were able to reach out to their support and get them to ship the thing in a in a day. Like that's weird to me that it was just sitting around and they're like, ah, we'll get to mailing this eventually. <laughs> exactly. but, but then you just mentioned the that you wanted it, it, and they're like, oh, do you guys want to know how the Pit Boy is? Have you has any of you guys seen it in person yet? No. Is it great? No, it, I haven't. It's, it's, is it does it does it does it work at all? Um, like a flashlight. Uh, if you I if you had a massive donger <laughs> like Doug, you could probably uh, work it like a flashlight. Um, but and it is kind of ribbed inside. It's funny that you would suggest such a thing for your pressure. But you gotta have you gotta have now. And here's the thing: I'm a big guy, uh, as as you may know, but I don't have very big like arms. My forearms are kind of like normal skinny dude arms, and uh, this thing just like barely fits on my arm. Um, so. I'd be curious to see how it fits for everybody else. As like, in it's too tight or it's like too big? It's just, it's just kind of close on the tightness. Mm. Um, so we'll see. So that's what he wished he said. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very cheap plastic all around. Like uh, The dials feel cheap. Everything feels cheap. Except, and I'll never understand this to the day I die, there is a very heavy metal clasp that holds the entire thing shut. And it's super out of place. Like, it doesn't look like it belongs there. Um, every, everything else is, like, this cheap, crappy plastic. But And then there's just this, like, really rock-solid metal clasp on it. So, uh, whatever. <laughs> I haven't stuck a phone in it yet. Uh, I did hang on to my Galaxy S4, so I guess we'll see how that goes and see how the, how the app works. I don't, even, I don't even know if the app's up and running. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, I do have that. That, that arrived just barely today but uh let's divert from fallout for now let's just go in the order that i that i put our games in here today oh wait do we have do we not have news i don't no. I, i've got nothing i don't know if I, there was, what what do you mean you have nothing i have nothing i have nothing what about in what our about shared guy, document about that the, everybody the guy that like to. capped kojima <laughs> i mean like i said our, our sources are still confirming that so why don't we uh hold off on but what about the Peter Mullen you're giving Kojima cancer? You guys are gonna get in like 
you guys are going to get yourselves in trouble when he really does get assassinated like later tomorrow and they're going to think that, that you guys were the ones who did it. Well, it's going to be like they're going to play this podcast and they're going like, they predicted it like 10 years before it happened. So Kojima can't melt steel beams. It's the, it's the new world order. Kojima can't melt steel beams. All right. No, no more. <laughs> Let's... So I was I was commenting before we started recording that I'm kind of excited about today's podcast because we're we're a little rushed for time. I have a I have a plan to make, so we're gonna we're not gonna belabor this too long. But uh, we have a unique situation where more than one of us has played every single game that we're gonna talk about this week, and that's pretty rare for us. I think uh, I've actually played every single game we're going to talk about this week. God, you have actually uh, somehow magically. I think the last I think the last time this happened, we had a two-hour podcast. So let's get to it. Yeah, <laughs> let's jump right into it. So let's let's start with Undertale, uh, which I think is really something that you've kind of spearheaded. Jay, do you want to give us the uh, what's the hippest term I can use? The upshotty on what Undertale is? Jeez. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> so Undertale is an indie RPG created by a guy named Toby Fox. Uh, completely made in Game Maker, and it feels like an old school kind of JRPG that you would play for the Super Nintendo. So it feels like Earthbound and um, yeah, a lot more along the lines of like Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger and all of that kind of stuff. And that's kind of like the elevator pitch. You look at it, you kind of look at the screenshots and you look at the trailer, and it seems like oh, here's another quirky indie guy doing his thing, and um, it doesn't really stand out. Like in fact, I at first cast it off as like another RPG maker cashin. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then you you play it and it is like just completely different from anything that I could anticipate playing with the game. Uh just because just because it's so meta, you know? It's, super it, it, meta. it's got like the super meta element to the gameplay. Uh and it's another one of those it's, where it's hard difficult to talk about it without really spoiling it. I, I got mm-hmm. almost everyone here a copy of the game. Um, and, but, you know, it's, it's, it's basically, the game is basically split into three paths, we'll say, Uh, and it's not quite morality, like, that's not the right term for it, but, um, depending on how you proceed in the game, like, if you, if you're, if you're to proceed with it, how you do a typical video game, it's going to have commentary on that, and it's going to become a bit of a deconstruction of the player and how you usually approach things. Or you can go the what I think is the more difficult route uh, overall, uh, say for like one or two bosses, and that's befriending everyone in the game. So you don't you don't actually have to kill a single person in the game, and there are only two two bosses in the entire game where you're forced to fight them. Um, and even at the end of those boss fights, you can spare them. And if you spare, like, every creature in the game, then it takes a totally different route. And it's it's just weirdly, weirdly touching. Uh, like, it's just, like, one of those things. And the, the characters are, like, oddly sympathetic. And, and um, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things that's hard to vocalize. So is like, it... Uh, is it spoilery? I mean, it's very early in the game. Do you think it's too much to talk about uh, Toriel? Yeah, let's talk about Toriel. Because I have a, a good, little good jump off point. I have a little complaint actually. here. Okay. Um, so your your character falls in the opening cinematic in the game. Your character falls down into like uh, a gigantic hole, and uh, when you awake, you are greeted by this like lamb goat thing (laughs) this goat mother it's a nice it's a nice old lady and uh she kind of guides you through this this dungeon and is kind of just setting the stage and telling you about the world that you found yourself in and eventually you decide you know it's time for me to go i want to go back home i'm a human not a monster everyone who lives in this world is a is a monster except it's a monster that's important yeah and so uh you you go to try and leave and she stops you and she says you can't and uh up until this point you've had some combat experience and you've had the choice of course like we talked about to always talk your way out of those situations so uh, a frog jumps out and attacks you and you pay him a compliment and then the frog is like oh thank you and and then you can <laughs> then you can right. stop the combat um but toriel when you go in and uh, try to talk to her it will tell you that you can't talk to her and 
So I guess it's just a matter of persistence. But anyway, long story short, what I did is I figured, well, I'll go ahead and, and fight her and attack her for just like a few turns. And then when she's weakened a little bit, I'll try talking to her again. And I kept doing that, and I'm making the same hits like every single time, and I get her right about to what I think is going to be the sweet spot. You know, like when you're catching right. a Pokemon, and my last fucking hit like crits and does tri- it crits, yeah. triple the damage and kills her, <laughs> and uh, that's great. So you you apparently knew that was going to happen. So is that just how it works? Like, is that it's it's kind of how it works. So if you take, um, it might be slightly spoilery, but but we'll 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 talk about the two different paths and the two paths as they're described by most of the fan community. Uh, it's not really described this way in game, but the two paths are the pacifism path and the genocide path. And in the genocide path, basically there's, there's nothing that's going to be in your way except for one boss. Um, <laughs> you can basically just roll over everything in the game and, and the more you attack things, the stronger you get. And it's just kind of no contest. So it's, um, Here's what, here's what I did, actually. And, and Torio is interesting because Torio and I think uh, Flowey, the flower that you meet just before her, they set you up for a certain kind of anticipation to the game world. And you're led to believe that monsters are manipulative and they're, they're, they're angry and, and they're going to do all this stuff to you. And that's important, I think, in terms of how you engage the rest of the game because you can honestly believe that. But um, once you start attacking things... You start to, you know, you start to realize that there's there's a different way that things can go down. So with Torio, um, what happened is when I fought her, I I actually killed her the first time, and then I felt bad. I'm like, you know, I can't do this to Goat Mom. There has to be like a, a better way to do this. So I reload my save, um, and you know, with, with Torio is another actually. Here's the thing about the bosses in, in Undertale. All the bosses are actually training you. It's, it's kind of like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, where the bosses are still bosses in their own right, but they're training you for bigger combat sequences later on. So all the bosses in Undertale are training you. And Toriel uh, is meant to kind of train you in terms of patience and in terms of thinking outside the box as to how you can beat the other monsters. So with Toriel, um, the way to beat her is actually to get damaged by her and once you get down to 2 HP, if you keep trying to spare her, she's going to say, what are you doing? Why don't you fight back? Um, and then the fight will resolve eventually. By the way, the, one of the frogs tells you how to beat her. Oh, oh does he? Because I was yeah. going to ask, is this at all intuitive or did you just like figure no, 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 it out? I think, I, think it gets, I think it's pretty intuitive I, I actually noticed, it goes on. I noticed exactly what Jay is describing because I did. My health did go that low and then I noticed that all of her attacks missed me. And it, it, it's set up in such a way where when someone attacks you, you're actually dodging it with the buttons on the keyboard. And so like it was really obvious all of a sudden where even if I tried to get hit and like get in her way, her attacks would move out of the way and wouldn't, wouldn't defend yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was really obvious that was what was happening. So I knew I couldn't die. And I was like, well, let's just try getting her health down a little bit more. And the game was like, no, nah, fuck you. She's, she's there, there, there. There, there, are, there are bosses later on that require a lot of patience, especially if you do things. I, I won't call it counterintuitive, but it's very old school. So, for example, I think a lot in old school video games, if you held on to like that one, one item or if you like didn't eat the old man's lunch, or if you um, had a party member who was super weak and kept them despite the entire game taking place, you would get rewarded later on by uh, um, either some event or that character leveling up or whatever. Uh, and like I jokes. had like, yeah, I, I had like the intuition to keep some items during the game. But there's one boss um, that you meet at roughly the halfway point of the game. And if you don't have a particular item on her, then she is just a waiting game. And you have to wait 17 rounds in order for this thing to end. <laughs> um, Another thing that Jason mentioning, but it's also very old school, is that a lot of times just the dialogue and the little details can give away on how to beat the bosses. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know uh, this guy doesn't like it when you run away. So, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, face him head on. And, like, you can notice... One guy will get frustrated if you flirt with the other guy a lot, stuff like that. But um, I, I, I want to come back to like a, a very cool story thing that happened with me and Toriel. And, and that's after I killed her the first time and I felt bad and I reloaded. 
Um, and this kind of this this does spoil it a little bit, but it explains some of the meta ness of the game. Uh, the first character that you meet in the game after you've uh, fought Toriel, whatever you did, he'll come back and he'll basically judge your actions. And he came back and he told me, you know, I saw what you did. I saw that you killed her um, and you couldn't live with yourself. So you reset the game and you try it again. And that was like the first time like, oh, shit, this game is going like some unexpected places. I need to hold on and, and, and watch this ride. So, um, yeah. And boy, does it. Is that is that what <laughs> I was wondering when I was uh, playing the game? You you had commented really early on when you started playing uh, that like something had happened where you're like, that's crazier that's fucked up and like it blew, yeah. and blew it blew your mind and i was trying to figure out what that moment was for you because i didn't is that what you were referring to yeah that's what i was referring to okay. like, that, that's when i that's when it struck me and i you know i the meta-ness in the game it's going to happen for everyone that plays it i think it just depending on your actions it'll happen at different points so mm-hmm. um and there, there are plenty of checkpoints throughout the game where where it's like watching you and examining your process and examining how many times you're saving and all that kind of stuff and you know, in the in the long run, Toby is using some really simple tricks, but they're really like effective tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know, remember the fight against Psychomantis is basically like an extension. Yeah, of my yeah. my mind already wandered over there to uh, yeah, basically to, to Psychomantis a little bit, which which was awesome at the time, right? Like, it was, yeah, it was awesome it, at the time. I, awesome think, I think this game is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's like one of those games. I was watching a let's play of. Um, of the other run that I didn't do all the way. And, um, you know, one of the characters is like, I bet you there's a coward right now watching someone else play this. And it's like one of those <laughs> games that just gets under your skin. It's like, you know, I know this isn't real. <laughs> I know this is coding, but man, it should start to affect me. How, uh, how do you guys find the humor in it? Do you guys think it's a really funny game or what? Uh... I, I think it's cute. Yeah, it's not like haha funny. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I, I was reading everywhere like this is the funniest game I ever played, and it, it's it's one of those things where like when I go back and read quotes later about it, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty funny. But in the moment, the game's actually, I, I think, it, in my opinion, the game's kind of uh, actually pretty melancholy. Yeah, and so I don't really get like a like a haha. It's not like Goat Simulator, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's not a real. Oh, funny. It's it it feels a lot like Earthbound, where um, you're in this like lighthearted world, but it's a there's something fucked up going on beneath the surface, mm. and you could feel that the whole time. Yeah, Earthbound is actually a really great comparison. I mean, everything from the graphics to um, you know the the battle system. I mean, obviously not talking to people and stuff like that, but just the the way that things are laid out and formulated. It's it's pretty obvious that Earthbound was a big influence, and it has that yeah. same kind yeah. of like childish fucked up you know kind of way yeah there's like an underlying tension to the game that Earthbound also had yeah 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 and i think you know i think it's definitely one of those games because because you feel a little uneasy playing it like you feel uneasy around the monsters and you feel uneasy around this and then it doesn't hit you until way 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 later that um that these monsters are something different and they're special and they're fun to be around. But um, as you're playing it, it's one of those things where you know you don't know what's going to happen to you. You feel like something bad is waiting for you just around the co- the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know at least Jay and Michael are probably gonna. I mean, everybody here is gonna know this, but I, I think that uh, the the amount of time that we spent in RPG Maker probably. Uh, lends itself to this but one of the things that you'll notice in this game is that very frequently uh, you can repeatedly choose the same options and continue to see different dialogue um, Mm -hmm. which is just something that I became very conscious of like when I was making RPGs like that that idea um, of you know talking to somebody over and over again and they keep saying new things and sometimes it's almost comical how much you can talk to somebody <laughs> and it and they just still have new shit to say you're like when will you repeat yourself yeah um, there's of course that there's a, I mean there's a lot he he put a lot of energy into this game like there's a lot of heart going on um it does it does feel like this whole thing must have been a lot of work uh which is funny mm-hmm. because when you look at it like if you look at a screenshot of it it doesn't look like any work uh, <laughs> but right yeah but, when i when i was loaded I, I think my record 
to, to Jay was like, what the fuck are you making me play? <laughs> well, and even, yeah. even the, the technical aspects of it are very light. Like, it, it's basically, you can full screen it, but I think it's a keyboard shortcut to do so. Uh, yeah, so it's a keyboard shortcut, shortcut to full screen. There's no you menu. All you, can do like, is, all you can do is hold escape, and the game will close, and that's it. Yeah, and that's it. And, and that actually becomes very important later on, uh, because it, it gets, like, incredibly meta. Um, uh, like incredibly meta as the game goes on. Does, and, it, um, does it work with a controller? I haven't tried. Yes, yeah, so it does actually. Okay, I, I use the controller my entire playthrough. Maybe that. Oh, really? Maybe that will be my uh, first use of the Steam controller because uh, that seems like something that doesn't demand too much. Um, do you guys want to want me to tell you a little bit about the Steam controller real quick? Yeah, tell us about the Steam controller real quick. Because it just showed up today. I got the Steam link too, but I won't be hooking that up before I leave town. Uh, but it is, um, it's kind of, uh, I appreciate what they're doing, the, the ingenuity, but you probably know by the fact that I said that, uh, obviously I'm not super (laughs) impressed, uh, with the controller so far. Um, just some kind of little weird side notes. The back of the controller, uh, where, where the batteries go, that is a piece of plastic that comes off, but the sides of it are also buttons. So there's actually like little, little paddles. I'm clicking them right now. There's little flaps that you can, uh, like push in. So there's actually, there's the bumpers, there's the triggers, and then there's these two little flaps that your fingers can tap on the back. Um, on the front, there is two touchpads, which you guys are already probably familiar with, right? Like, that's the main draw of the Steam controller. Uh, and then, of course, the analog stick and, uh, and then the buttons. Um, the big issue that I have with this controller so far is, of course, tied to the touchpad. Um, it feels really strange. Like, when you touch it, there's a haptic feedback, so it's actually vibrating. And it's loud enough that you can hear it. Like, I would say this controller sounds like I'm walking around, like, my grandfather's house and slowly opening all of his doors. Uh, it's very... It's surprisingly noisy. And it seems like I can turn it down a little bit, but, like, every game I've played it in so far, it's still been very noisy. Um, I played a little bit of Counter-Strike with it, and there's no scenario ever where this game is going to work for Counter-Strike and, and allow you to be competitive. And I'll really stand by that. If there's a guy, like, years from now who enters into, like, a Counter-Strike esports tournament and just dominates with this controller, I'll suck his dick because I don't think that it's... <laughs> I don't think it can happen. I so, don't believe it. Enemy that slide community. So is that a promise? Is that a promise? That's a promise right here on the Enemy Slide podcast. <laughs> this well, can I think not I have some training to do. To. <laughs> 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 oh, Doug, you don't have to go to those lengths. This can possibly uh, come back to haunt you. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it won't. Uh, and then the... Uh, so, of course, the next thing that I decided I would try um, is I decided to try it in Portal 2 uh, because that's the game that has had the most work put into it to make like a proper control scheme for it. And I will concede that it works a lot better in Portal 2. It feels a little more natural. I had to mess with the sensitivity a little bit, but for the most part, like it worked pretty well. Um, it, it's still it's hard to describe, but when I push the, the right touchpad, when I just press my finger to it to move the camera around... Um, as long as I'm touching it, the, the whole screen is basically vibrating. And uh, I don't know if it's just because of the rumble, because of the haptic thing that, that's making it shake back and forth. And maybe if I turn that off, it'll, it'll be better. Um, but it, there's like a really noticeable kind of weird jitter whenever I use this thing. And so I, I know that there's some configuration to do and some messing around with it. Um, but color me like optimistic, but not impressed so far. Um, other than that, the quality's okay. The build's all right. The analog stick works. I don't know. Do you guys? Does that thing run these days? Uh, right now it's fifty, which is the same as an Xbox. Yeah. I think an Xbox One controller's sixty, isn't it? Yeah. God, really. I'll tell you what it's not is it's not a hundred and fifty like the Xbox uh, One Elite controller. So. Hey, you leave the Elite controller alone. It's <laughs> it's forty. You can get it for forty-five. What does that controller do? Will it will it suck your dick? The Elite controller lets you like you can swap out like buttons and it has like hair triggers and a bunch it has, of like four buttons on the back. And, I, like, I got to I got to pick it up and kind of mess around with it at E3 and it feels great. Like it it, it really does feel great. But then I saw that they were asking 150 for it and it just it doesn't feel that great. <laughs> optional BJ attachment is 200 more dollars. Well, maybe I'll get that and send that to the Counter Strike World Finals or whatever. 
Um, but I'll come back and I'll try this with more stuff. I haven't set up the Steam Link, but this controller interfaces with it by default, whereas my, my go-to of the Xbox One controller actually won't work with the Steam Link. So I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it. So I'll, I'll report in with what I finally settle on and what setup, if any, works uh, for this. But both those pieces of hardware came today, and so far the controller is functional. Uh, I think this would probably work just fine for Undertale, so maybe I'll try that. But yeah, anyway, just uh, it's available now for fifty dollars. And as Undertale I, seems like the kind of game that you want to test all your hardware on. Like I tested the shit out of my uh, <laughs> my uh, video know, card with Undertale. Now you know how good your graphics card is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how many frames Undertale per second is uh, Undertale? I was actually going to ask you guys know if it's sixty. Is it sixty? It's thirty. No, it's not sixty. It's thirty. Yeah. Now, how many game. how many keys is it? Uh, I don't know. The, I, don't, I don't even think it has keys. I don't even think that's, <laughs> that's it's, it's for that. <laughs> I could tell you it was remarkably hard to find media for, uh, screenshots <laughs> or otherwise. Um, and yeah, you can't you can't actually screenshot naturally in that game. All those screenshots I took manually. Yeah, I, I could I could tell because the aspect ratio is all funny and. Uh, you know, nothing you can do about it, but uh, it, it's definitely not a game that you're the playing. The fucking game is funny. You're not playing that game to look at how pretty it is. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, now he did a good job animating some of those monsters. I, th- I think it's so. It's not, not, you know. I mean, there, there's some it, interesting. It's, it's not. There. It's no Call of Duty. Yeah, let's talk about Call of Duty. Cod Blops time. Cod Blops. <laughs> Cod Blops three. Doug, did you beat the campaign? Fuck no. <laughs> Okay. Um, I kind of bored pretty quick, and you, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done." So you got you you wrapped that up pretty fast. Yeah. Um, how far did you get? What happened? Uh, I think I quit on the level where you ride the boat into the subway. Oh, I oh. haven't even. I haven't. You done quit that pretty one. early. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't play a lot. I'm I'm like nowhere in the campaign. I've I've spent almost all my time online and and with zombies. So I have my cool robot body, and I saved the train, and uh, I really have like. It's a weird, it's a weird campaign story to me because I am like following the stuff that's happening to my character, but I'm not following any of the stuff that happens in the world. So, like when the game opens up, you're rescuing in like Egyptian prime minister or something, and you have to get like his friend. But then you turn into a robot, and now I'm finding out that my robot friend it, might be a traitor, and I don't understand. So, I think mean, do people care? I that's the that is true. Like at its core, does it really matter? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's trying to be like a lot more cerebral than it really needs to be. Like that's that's a problem. Like it definitely they, they definitely have moments in this game where, where they'll say something Nietzschean and and I'll just laugh out loud. However, um, what you're describing because it starts out very much like a pot boiler. Uh, where someone just wrote this thriller, you know, and they made it, they wanted to check, but it turns into something else a little bit as you play. Like it's it's nothing, it's not going to blow your mind. And if you watch like any kind of science fiction action movie, if you watched um, Oblivion or like the original Total Recall, it's pretty obvious where things are going. You you had made a comparison to Deus Ex, and I can. That, because I can definitely I see, I like, it's obvious they want to explore some kind of like humanity, and like you, you augment your body and you become more machine than man. At what point, like, does your humanity? Uh, oh, give it a rest. We've done that. We've explored augmenting humanity. It's great. Well, and if there's yeah. if there's somebody who can explore it with great Find depth, me up for robot arms. It's just probably not Call of Duty. Now, I will say but, but that's the thing. But that's the thing I want to say. I, I. I I made a comparison to Deus Ex with the caveat that I've never respected Deus Ex's story that much. Definitely not as much as other gamers seem to have. Um, mm. Just because, as Michael said, I've seen it before. But for what... I was pleasantly... Uh, let, me, let me say this. I was pleasantly surprised by what Black Ops 3 decided to go for. Um, like, as far as Call of Duties are concerned, mm-hmm. it's a better campaign than usual as far as like the grand scope of sci-fi and action, eh, not so much. But um, but I appreciate what's going for, and I think as far as the campaign is concerned. So so basically, as I was saying, it's a, it's a, it starts as a plot boiler because all of that shit 
then happens in the intro is pretty irrelevant and it's a bit of misdirection. And it's pretty obvious the main general dude who's training you, uh, Taylor, like it's pretty obvious he's going to betray you later on. Sure, because he's because no. he's the most expensive actor that they. But paid. he's the most expensive actor. But it's. But I want to say this. I want to say it's obvious he's going to betray you later on, uh, and see this is when this is when Snark throws you off because they don't waste any time getting to it. They don't save it as a big surprise. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, and then this guy went rogue. Um, you know, now we have to go take care of that. So, so it's not like they save that as the twist. It was obvious it was going that way. It went that way almost instantly. Like, as soon as you're done with the tutorial levels, that's it. The guy's like, I'm out. I'm going to go be the bad guy now. I mean, to their um, to their credit, they did it with Kevin Spacey in the last game, too. Uh, even clear as far as back as, like, the trailers. He's making, like, a sinister look in every <laughs> shot. And then but the, Kevin Spacey always makes a sinister look in every shot. I, I, Aren't you I, shocked? I, I don't He's think evil? you can not make a sinister look, I think, um, I think you're very cruel at making fun of Kevin Spacey's face. I'm not making fun. I, th- I think he's a wonderful uh, actor. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a wonderful, malicious-looking actor. Wonderful Call of Duty man. So, so, but that's what, but that's what I want to say. Like, like for for what I'm playing, I was I was more surprised because look, I'm used to like the extreme jingoism and the rah rah and the I'm gonna go and shoot up an airport for no reason because those are my orders. Um, and that's not what you're getting here. It's not like cynical about the military and intelligence, just because I don't think it can be. I think it has too many um, like military fanboys to do that. But they they do what they can. I I think where the campaign really shines through for me isn't so much in the story, but it's in the gameplay, and it's gameplay that you can't really get in the multiplayer and in the zombie mode, mm-hmm. um, because it all comes from your cyber core abilities. And the cyber cores, they're like um, a miniature, um, a skill tree. They're stat, they're stat trees, and you can you can choose, um, I guess up to seven abilities from each core. And there are three cores, so I've been going with a build that's very kind of stealth oriented and uh, allows me to get behind my enemies. And it's just been like a lot of fun to to play as it. And the other movement abilities, traversal. Is based on your cores, um, so you can play around with that. You have a fire core where you can blow robots up and send fireflies that burn people out, and th- that to me is what makes the campaign a lot of fun. Just just creating like this custom character. Um, it's definitely the most the effort that I think they've ever put into like some kind of persistent upgrade system. Like Advanced Warfare had something that was kind of similar, but it was just menu based. It wasn't like there wasn't like a home base where you went and and like recouped between missions. Um, that's something really unique to this one and something that I think works really well. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I like it, and I like I like being able to go and choose my outfits and choose my loadout. And- yeah. And she's my cyber course and do the combat immersion, which is fun, too. It's absolutely the highlight, which is weird because I never thought a skill tree would be the highlight of a Call of Duty game. <laughs> and that like and that in a Dragon Age game, it would be the greatest downside. So, I mean, who, I, I, who like, the I fuck knows? I, I definitely see where Doug is coming from. I see where the podcast is coming from because it's definitely a game I was expecting to buy. And then it, either blowing through the campaign or ignoring the campaign for the multiplayer but as far as campaigns for first-person shooters in general go, uh, this one has more thought in it than what people usually dedicate to that. Right. Now, I, I want to say, just I, I wasn't feeling the game, but I, I, I enjoy the, the extra aspects they have. I enjoy how much came with it, but I just wasn't feeling it. I think it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty value package, especially compared to last year. Um, and I had a lot of fun with like the one game of zombies that we were able to do. Uh, I was a little, I was a little bummed out that Doug wasn't going to keep the game because I wouldn't mind revisiting that. Um, you but can't play online when I tried. That was that's certainly not very fun. Oh, like you couldn't get the you couldn't get the matchmaking to work for it, or yeah, I was able to play like a couple games with you. I played one other game, and those were like the only ones I was ever actually able to connect with zombie mode. It sounds like their servers are all better now on the PlayStation Four. Um, and I know that it's certainly, you know, I, I very strongly believe that, like, I don't even think it's really acceptable to have your servers down on launch day. Like, capacity planning, I mean, it's hard, but it's not that hard. Um, well, I'm, I'm obviously not going to, I have Fallout now. I'm not going to be touching Call of Duty anymore. Why, Doug? <laughs> they had their chance. Oh, but guys, didn't you hear that Fallout's the worst game of the year? 
It is pretty bad. <laughs> so are we done? Are we done? Are we done with Call of Duty? You didn't play multiplayer or any of that? I so I played it, but I mean, there's really it's 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 one of those things where like I really appreciate this. I think it's one of the better Call of Duties we've had in a few years. Um, but at the end of the day, like. I, there's really nothing to report. <laughs> like, I'm still bad at it. The coolest thing that they do in the multiplayer is they let you pick a character when you start, and, and it's like an actual like named class that you're picking, and, right? And they each have a unique like special ability that you're that you're going to be grabbing, and I think that's the most standout unique part of it. Everything else is really straightforward. I will say this: I really, really appreciate that unlocking stuff in that game is all just done via normal means, normal leveling up, and not via some kind of bullshit with microtransactions. Uh, right. Like, yeah. for example, Halo. Um, and uh, it, it, we should really applaud that. Oh, I do have one side note on Call of Duty, and I want to know if this is weird to anybody else. Um, do we applaud this game for the number of female enemy combatants that it has included? Because, I noticed that. Because you are blowing away women all the time. Like, like, and it's not a big deal. There's been a, it's like the best part. There's it's been a steady, a there's been a steady increase of female presence in Call of Duty games. So Ghosts had a playable multiplayer female build, and then Advanced Warfare had that, and it also had like a, an AI partner who was a female. And now we're like all the way in where you can even be a female as the main character, and you're shooting other females in the yeah, face. Yeah, you can, you, you can be a woman. I think like. What is it like? A third of the selectable classes are women, and um, one of the zombie classes is a woman. And then you just kill women by the droves. We're getting closer <laughs> to a future where we get to shoot a pregnant woman. I, I haven't heard. Uh, oh, that's right. I, I haven't heard that's anybody. Fantasy. I haven't heard anybody complain about it. But as I played through the campaign and heard the screams of women as I killed them, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't help but wonder if, like, if there was a point where now we were going to start seeing people be like, okay, maybe you don't have to include us. But, in that, but every that actually, way. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't going to mention it, but since you brought it up, it, that's actually always bugged me that women would be such a precious commodity in video games that you couldn't kill them. Sure, sure. Um, and I'm glad Call of Duty's not treating them that way. I want to I kill women as equally as I kill men. Hey, Jared, just, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, were you scared at how hard your erection got when you were killing those women? <laughs> <laughs> was okay. I, I, I've never been scared of my own erection. Hours. <laughs> I, I have a final thought on Call of Duty. And All I'll right. Probably move on. Um... I like I understand Call of Duty gets it rough and look the multiplayer despite the classes and the customization and um all of the different things they try to do it's still the same multiplayer Call of Duty has been for a while. Mm -hmm. They haven't really changed anything. Um but in terms of a general first person shooter effort this is definitely one of the ones I've enjoyed more and with lo with longer lasting power than a lot of the stuff I played in the past few years, and that includes games like Evolve that were supposed to be the great promise of asymmetrical gameplay and then fell flat on their face. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to give that, I at least want to give that credit to the game. Like I understand we're all cynical about it because it's an annual series, uh, but they did a good job with it. Yeah, I mean, I, it, you, you it really know who is... hates it? Who hates it? Call of Duty fans. Do they? Like, We've do, seen a lot of hate just because they changed the formula. Really? I, I mean, I think uh, they've done no, a... Call of Duty fans suck. So. Hey, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> they I do. Guess, I guess you can't make anybody happy. Yeah, I mean, I mean Call, Call of Duty fans are right there with Sonic fans and League of Legends fans. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty close. Uh, they're white sunglass truck driving douchebags. I mean, maybe I, I'm, not, I'm not... It's like I'm not saying, was telling I'm Jay... Saying, it's like I was telling Jay earlier today. These are people who, like... Grew up eating nothing but like canned ham, right? And suddenly they, they hit the, <laughs> what the, the fuck lottery. What does that mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa! You need canned ham out of this. Let them finish. Then, then they hit the lottery and they go and they get some prosciutto, and the texture and the flavor are so different they can't take it. So they hate. Yeah, it. they they want to go back to spam. I thought you were denigrating the poor people, but I see what you're getting he, at. He's, he's done. I'm not saying that that Call of Duty fans and League of Legends fans and Sonic fans would have caused the Holocaust if they had the chance. <laughs> I'm saying that. I, I am saying that. <laughs> At the very least, they'd be implicitly responsible. <laughs> they, they're, they're Holocaust deniers. 
Well, there. there you yeah. go, guys. If you're if you're a Call I'm of Duty sure fan, those diagrams actually cross more than you would like to think. If you're a Call of Duty fan, your mission tonight is to go back in time and kill baby Hitler, just like Jeb Bush promised he would. So, uh, which prove us wrong, Call of Duty. You know fan. what? Somebody should make that video game. Which he really, which he really did, and you can go look it up. And not only did he say he'd kill baby Hitler, but he was like really excited about it. And I, yeah, like he that. was very excited. I'm gonna bomb the shit out of that. He's like. Fuck yes, I'll kill baby Hitler. Oh, yeah, I'll get that baby. <laughs> like it was, it was like his moment to shine had finally arrived. Finally, an excuse to beat up a baby. <laughs> At last. Seems like it'd be kind of an anticlimactic final boss fight. <laughs> Just a tidbit. <laughs> so, I... And speaking of anticlimax... <laughs> so, here's the thing. Uh, and like I said, we kind of discussed this at the beginning. Um, we are in a very rare situation where I think every single one of us will have a chance to play Fallout. But the challenge is next week is our big 100th episode. We may not get around to it. Uh, it's probably a game that's going to be large enough that I think it may even you know, kind of merit its own pseudo-dedicated podcast at the very least. So I don't want to you know, sit on it too long, especially because I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Lucio hasn't had a chance to play it yet. But I think it would be silly to let one of the biggest games of the year come out on the day we do our podcast and not at least discuss it a little bit. So I think maybe Michael's probably the most appropriate person to lead the conversation, just because I think you you took the day off. So did I. And oh, did you did you really? <laughs> I did. So how far? You know what? I took the day off too. How many how many hours are all of you I'm, I'm into the game? Do you think? But yeah, but sure. yours yours took ages to download, so yours is a little different. Um, but you, you, the other two, you guys have had access to this for a while now. So how many hours have you put into it? Do you think? Probably about nine, six or seven and nine. Yeah. And I, I mean, Michael, start me off here. What are your, what are your initial, I mean, I think you're almost past initial impressions at this point. Like you're getting into the meat of it by now. So Jared, if you get an erection from killing ladies, you are going to rip in half when you play fallout. Cause there's <laughs> so, so this is the year of equal opportunity. Well, Couldn't you just, always kill ladies in Fallout? Yes, but just unrelated to uh, Jared's comment, I was playing it today, and I was thinking, like, man, I feel like I'm killing a lot more women than dudes. <laughs> I really, I really am waiting. Like, we're gonna applaud this for like a, a, a few, like maybe a year, and then after that, it's gonna be like, all right, guys, you need to stop it. <laughs> They're all gonna be mad about it. I'm gonna make a game where you only kill women. <laughs> I don't see. I don't know that that game's gonna go over super well. All right, let, let's All start. Right. Let's start with. Uh, Finally, giving the women the leg up they deserve. Let's start with affirmative action. Yes, that's exactly what affirmative action is. Affirmative action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we broke in the glass ceiling, everyone. So right. exactly. So Michael, I want to know. Uh, first off, I want to know what this you guys. Is your white privilege what, what do you guys think of the special system? There was a lot of panic regarding it as to whether or not it would be streamlined and casualized and ruined. How is it? How's it doing? Mm, I would not say it was casualized, but it was definitely simplified in a way that, like, they. Sh- I I hope they did not expect that people were not going to be upset about this. So, are you upset? I'm not. I still haven't decided whether or not I like it, but... Um, you guys haven't really noticed a difference in special? Hmm? Well, you more guys, so you, the fact that like... they've, they've removed skills and then they've parsed down perks to about, uh, what is it, like 60 or 70 perks altogether? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, about you? What, about you? what about you, Doug? Um, I don't know. Some, I, I do kind of find myself missing skills, but at the same time, I'm just not very far. I'm not. I'm only like level seven now, so I don't have all these fancy perks unlocked yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a, a wait and see and see how I feel when I'm, you know, level fifty and I'm blowing up death claws. I hope that you're, because I mean, in New Vegas, I don't know about you guys. Maybe everybody else was fine, but like even at the end of the game, I still had a lot of trouble with death claws. Oh, certainly they if, were they were tough the whole time. If there were two, like, well, too bad. Uh, there's there's a place in Fallout Three with like a bunch of uh, death claws just crawling all over it, and I can't think of what the name of it is. But I approached it and saw like oh, there's the death claw sanctuary in, uh, in oh, Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's there's at least several places in those games where I've just never been there because I don't know. <laughs> I can't figure out how to do it. I'm sure Michael's probably already gotten to this part as well, but um, you do fight a death claw relatively early. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like and I've, I mean, he was kind of tough, but I'm, I'm way more frightened by the ghouls. Yeah. They like, they're, they're I hear fast. they've changed. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fast as fuck. Fast. And someone else was saying that they, there were two things that I thought was really interesting. One is they can climb now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then two that I got really excited for is I guess they can lunge at you and miss and then fall on their faces. Yeah, I saw mm-hmm. that as well. And that's pretty exciting. But no, it, it's really frightening. Like there's this town, a relatively early town. You'll walk in and then just like ghouls just start dropping from the ceiling, and you're like, oh Jesus! <laughs> and there's like you have to fight like six and seven at a time, and and when you're out, I'm a relatively low level, so I have like no good guns, and my AP is really low, and so I'm running out of vats mode super quick and they just swarmed me and and raped me and i was scared they've uh they've also redesigned the ghouls i think they look a lot scarier than they did in fallout uh yeah. through your vegas mm-hmm. everything I, looks kind of redesigned actually what about what about you jay we, we didn't give you a chance are you having a good time i mean i'm glad doug and michael are noticing all these changes because i'm using the same build from fallout 3 that i also used on my second character in Skyrim, and it's the same shit to me. Are you? Are you? Are any of you guys nice people, or are you all just hard ass? I'm nice. I'm, I'm I'm nice, but I'm pretty sarcastic. I made my first character nice, and I don't feel like I built him very well. So I actually re-rolled about an hour before the podcast, and I'm finding it a lot easier to play. And no, that guy's a dick. What? Um, and and so like, is that is that a charisma build or anything, or is there not? Yeah, my good guy, I, he had high charisma. Um, he was designed to be a good, like, shooting guy, but without having a shooting skill, you just kind of got to piece it together from... Uh, or there's no shooting skill? Hmm? There's no skills. Oh, are we, what, there's no skills? No, there are no skills. There are no skills. Oh, there are only okay. perks. There yeah, are only perks when you level up, right? Yes, and you have you have, like, a perk that'll make you, like, better at shooting one type of gun. Like, I can be better at shooting like with a non-automatic pistol or shooting right with like they rifle. used to have you know big guns small guns and energy right right no nothing like that Damn. yeah you have to do like i think agility is automatics and pistols mm-hmm. perception is like um non-automatic strength. rifles and the big guns is strength and melee weapons are strength obviously but what about i so i, I i'm just i'm just not like it, I I don't I don't know I don't know if it, I, it could be my my play style on these things because I always just crouch and and, and walk the entire um, wasteland while getting bad knees. Um, <laughs> but that's a perk my, as well. Re- bad knees. <laughs> Better knees. Better knees. Um, but I just I don't know. I feel like I'm playing the same game I played seven years ago. I I'm not really noticing anything that deeply different and i i think since i'm also still pretty low i'm expecting the changes to come much later on because basically in all of bethesda's games if you're low level everything's going to play like shit anyway um you're going to die a lot and you're going to make a lot of mistakes and all that and then as you get higher you're going to be able to roll over stuff so i think if there's going to be like a major disparity it'll be once you start to get to like the teens and the twenties in terms of levels, but I just I just don't see it. Like like to me, this is this is Fallout Three, uh, with slightly better hair and a jump graphic, jump animation that wasn't there before. So what about the dialogue wheel? How are you guys? Because uh, that was our other big concern. Is it taking away from the experience, or are things okay? As of right now, it doesn't bother me too much. I mean, I, you can already tell that there's like a bunch of characters who just never you'll never converse with because they don't have a dialogue option or they're not going to get a dialogue wheel. Oh, so it feels like there are less people to talk to. But I, I feel like they've played out pretty well in the ones I've interacted with so far. Um, one thing is, since I did re-roll my character, I went back and replayed a couple of the same conversations in different ways. And they, they play out pretty differently. I mean, just in their in their content, not necessarily like the actions that they cause but um the, it goes so far as even like all I, I said like a sarcastic comment to one of the guys earlier in the game and then later when i meet up with him again i'll say another sarcastic comment or you know uh, threaten him and he'll be like earlier you said this so oh, that's it's cool pretty well tracked um is it is it in the spirit of fallout uh not exactly but you know it's I'm still early on. There's there's a lot to be seen on that in that regard as well. 
What are follow-up question? I mean, let me let me just say this. Oh yeah, you should always use sarcasm on robots because <laughs> they don't get it. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, they don't it get it. it. Um, <laughs> they just. I want to know what are you guys' names? Douglas. Uh, and that was that in there, Douglas. <laughs> Douglas was in there. Doug and Douglas is in there. Oh, okay. Got them and Doug. What about I get two? You. What about Jamal? You were so sure Jamal would be there. I didn't try it. I, oh, I'm playing that, a lady. That's right. You're you're a you're a lovely lady. Um, Michael, what's your name? I named my first guy Brooks. Obviously, they didn't have that. Uh, then I named my second guy Michael, and he was there. Oh, good, classic. They didn't have Brooks. Yeah. As in Brooks Shield. Like like Brooks, like the last name, but they have a lot of very um, like. I, so I, I did use there. I did don't use they? Kendra. I used Kendra, which I thought it's white trash enough they would have it, and they don't have it. Yeah, but they do have boobies. Well, no, and fuckface. You know, fuck really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do have fuckface, and you can be boobies. You can be Mister Boobies. Well, so why don't you? Why don't you? One of the people that haven't played it yet. Why don't you just name your guy Jamal and make him big and black? Well, that wouldn't be true to the spirit. I guess if he was Who Doug, do that. If he was Big Doug Wilson, I mean, I, my, my character is already big and black. <laughs> I already decided that I'm going to be playing Mr. Sexy Boobies. So. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to be Mr. Boobies, too. I just really I like the idea. Name your character Katniss. How is, I, was, I was playing as Jamal against the spirit, but playing as Boobies is, is like well within bounds. I didn't say that. I, I just was saying that, uh, that if I was Jamal, I'd need to be like a scrawny white dude. Like uh, all know, Jamal's. <laughs> Why don't you? Why don't you be a, a scrawny Asian Jamal? <laughs> Asian Jamal. Actually, I would make well, that my ridiculous. name. Asian Jamal. <laughs> Asian Jamal. <laughs> uh, you have my. You have my permission to do this. Okay. Thank you. Uh, will you sign? <laughs> will you think, sign like you think a if paper? you play an Asian character, you don't drive power armor very good. <laughs> <laughs> you had the blinker on your power armor on for three blocks. <laughs> This fucking death claw behind you. Is he going to change lanes or not? Oh, shit. No, you guys, that's not okay. Um, I don't want to ask. I want to ask so much about your babies, but I, at the same time, like, I don't want to have that ruined. So um, I, I have a little mutt baby. Is that what you want to ask? Oh, yeah. How is the dog? Has he caught on my, fire? My, my baby, my baby is a little Oreo. <laughs> Actually, I think he meant his baby was mixed yeah, race, Jared. Yeah, my baby is mixed race. That's what mutt means, Jared. Oh, well, you also literally have a mutt that follows you in the game. How See, now you're just talk. being denigrating. How are you guys finding him? It's disrespectful. I wasn't, Why are you calling his, his I wasn't. I promise I wasn't asking if your mixed race baby was on fire. I wouldn't ask that. <laughs> but was he on fire? Well, I would know if he was on fire because I would have said it. Whoa, I find the dog terrible. very annoying. What what do you find annoying about him? He gets in my way. Yeah. All the goddamn time. Can you dismiss him? You can like make him wait. I mean, I could probably dismiss him, but he holds all my shit. Oh, so <laughs> he does he does carry like 700 pounds of gear, so he's pretty useful in that regard. So he does serve a purpose in that regard. What about the weapon customizations? Are you guys enjoying that? I like No, not yet, but that's only because right now I just have like a bunch of shitty like guns made out of like carburetors and pipes, so like they're just they're not very they're not very cool. Mm. I mean, you, there's you can definitely add a things. lot of mods. Yes, definitely. You, you can add things to them that'll make them do more damage or increase accuracy. It's just no matter what it is, it kind of looks like I'm holding like a garbage disposal with a trigger. So the laser musket's pretty cool. I haven't used that yet. You haven't? No. Oh, it's pretty cool. All right, there is a laser musket. I guess I haven't asked the most obvious question, which is: Is there any like fucking broken stuff you guys have run into? Yes. Yes. No, actually, not yet. Oh my god! All right, so we're two out of three. Uh, Jay, tell me a little bit about your weird. I've had a ton of graphical witches. Um, the when everyone starts running from the nukes, I had a couple of people. Uh, just, just morphing into trees and houses, and <laughs> um, floating above the ground. Kind of like the, uh, kind of like the Skyrim opening. How there's like so many weird things that can go wrong <laughs> on, yeah, on just much. on something as simple as a fucking like carriage ride. Uh, <laughs> or Doc mind. Mitchell's like self. Oh, his, his head is twisting off like he's possessed. Yeah, that, that was a pretty good <laughs> yeah. one. 
what any anything else that's crazy or, or pretty mild stuff after that uh for for me i, I guess it cooled out a little bit after i got it after like um i got out of the vault mm. <laughs> not even after i got into the vault after i got out okay all right and then uh, what about you doug what kinds of stuff have you seen mine will mine has to do with the dialogue basically like i'll be talking to someone and i put the subtitles on and then the subtitles won't match up with what they're actually saying and that's kind of annoying but i can still hear what they're what they're saying um but the more annoying thing is that it a, a character will speak and then it'll show my character's face and then there's nothing there's no dialogue there's no there there's no subtitles it's just like five seconds yeah. of staring at my blank face <laughs> And yeah, then it switches <laughs> to the next part of the conversation. It's like, all right, well, good luck going there. I'm so like, what oh, platform okay. are you playing it in, Jay? What's that? What platform are you playing it in? You're, you're on the PC, right? I'm on a PC. Yeah. Okay, so both Michael and Jay are on the PC. Doug and I will be on the PlayStation 4, and uh, Lucy will be on the PC as well. Um, it, mine wasn't necessarily because I wanted to play it on the PlayStation 4. It was more because I wanted that collector's edition and that wasn't sold out yet. Um, so be it. And, and I mean, it's also a game that I want to make sure I actually finish. And I'm way more likely to finish something if I'm playing it on my couch than I am yeah. on my... Like, I, I don't know if I'll ever get around to Phantom Pain. I, I hope so, because I really do like it. But I just... I spend all day... <laughs> I spend all day in front of a fucking computer. I hate coming home and then being in front of a computer again. Like, yeah, certainly. I want to get on a couch. That's, I'll buy it for PC eventually. For, anyway. for me, for me, I definitely needed the... Um, it's not only the mods, but I'm definitely going to need, like, the console commands for when shit inevitably fucks up. <laughs> I can't... Not bad idea. I, I can't... I want you guys to maybe think... We're running out of time here, but I want you to think of maybe your ultimate Fallout or Bethesda bug, because I want to tell you about my favorite. Uh, back when I was playing New Vegas, uh, I, had a, I had a part where I walked outside of this area, and there was a... I don't remember where I was specifically, but there was an old woman who sits on a cooler, and she's got, like, a dog sitting next to her. And uh, I, old Lady Gibson. I see the place where Old Lady Gibson is supposed to be, but she's not there. And I look out in the distance and I see a figure moving towards me at a great speed across the <laughs> sand. And it's it's her on her cooler sideways with the dog. <laughs> and they're just zooming across the ground and then and then it, it comes up to where she's supposed to be and the whole thing is sideways but it just like writes itself and she's just sitting there like nothing ever happened <laughs> and it was the weirdest fucking shit do you guys got anything crazy like that um i mean no i i, I think i think the worst i've ever seen was definitely the worst everyone's ever seen out of skyrim um with the patch 1.03 bugs. Oh, the backwards so, dragons and whatnot? the backwards dragons and 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 just flying flying through the the landscape and all that kind of stuff. I, um, I think that's a feature. I won't forget. <laughs> I won't forget getting killed by my very first giant and like sailing off into space. Yeah, also that was gonna be mine. So, actually. so I, I bought I bought New Vegas uh, during the release date. So I was privy to all of the horrific. I guess man, men spider things <laughs> that the game glitched into. Mm-hmm. They were pretty fucking terrifying. <laughs> it's just like, like a face with legs and shit, all twisted, walking around. Oh, man, man, I never, I never saw any of like the cool glitches. I just got like freezes and like missing people and stuff. That <laughs> there. Yeah, that's that's less fun. Right. Um, I like like my wife in Hearthfire who just walks backwards all the time. You know, it's, it's stuff like that that really makes it all worthwhile. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, it's uh, it's about time. I got to be hitting the old dusty road here. We're at about the hour mark. That was just about perfect. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll get into Fallout a lot more once I think everybody's played it, and we'll have a nice long spoilery discussion about it. Uh, but for right now, on the horizon here, we got some some great games coming out. Tomb Raider came out today. We didn't even get to touch that. Hopefully, I'll have did something. It, did anyone play it? I've got it. I just haven't touched it yet. Yeah. Have, has, okay. Tunes. More importantly, have you played Rodale the Sky Warrior? <laughs> I have not. Um, and Nobody has. Because I've, it's at the same day or at least three major. I am thinking about picking it up because I am very curious. But it's one of those things where, like, this game has been delayed since, like, uh, I mean, I guess since the Wii. So uh, whenever the Wii was still a console that was out. And, and, then, and then they suggest you play the Wii years. version. 
So yeah, it's been around for a very long time. So we'll 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 come back to that later. But for for now, uh, I would just like to say, if you enjoyed our podcast today, be sure to come back next week for our big 100th episode. Uh, it's right around the corner. If you're not already, you should be following us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, yeah, lots lots coming up. We're gonna have a, a really great time in the very near future. So stay tuned. And I think with that, we are out. Fuck you, Call of Duty fans. Oh, there we go. Also, since 2000, I followed the moon.